Coming up, we're going to take your emails and voicemails. Not much else to say about that. (laughs) This is the Diz Unplugged, episode number 600 for the week of April 23rd, 2013. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Specializing in helping you plan the perfect Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Sean Thompson, Kathy Whirling. And, of course, as always, our producer, Dustin West, and associate producer, Craig Williams, back in the production nook. Uh, We are doing our email voicemail show. I love that we're getting back to doing these. Uh, We get some great stuff. Um, And we're closing the show with an email that I I don't want anyone to miss because it really moved me when when it came in. And... uh, So I just want to throw that out there. But uh, we're going to start the show off with a voicemail from Jennifer, who has some suggestions for us on doing the show. Hello, podcast team. This is Jennifer Walker from Marlton, New Jersey, calling in with a couple of suggestions. I do a lot of traveling for work, so I tend to listen to you guys while I'm driving for two and three hours. And while I love the fact that you've gone video now for the podcast, obviously when I'm driving, I can't take advantage of that. My suggestion would be to leave the video clips in on the audio show. Even though we can't see what's going on, I can listen to the descriptions that are done, listen to the atmosphere, kind of make me feel like I'm wherever the video is taking place. You may also want to consider doing what they do for the visually impaired and doing an audio description. That's just a suggestion. My other note is regarding the tagline at the end of the show. Now, I've only been listening to you guys for probably about two years, maybe a little bit longer. And when I first started listening, Pete gave an explanation of why he says stay out of the damn lakes at the end of every show. But since then, anybody who started listening probably is not sure what he's talking about when he says that. So my suggestion would be to change up that tagline from time to time. And to get you started, I have a few suggestions. You could take a cue from the Disneyland podcast and say something like, And remember, Disney's always more magical when it's shopped. Or you could say something like, Remember, when you're flying, leave your shoes at home, but be sure to bring your knife. And finally, you could try something like, And remember, nothing says I love you like a good rant. Thank you guys for listening. I really love your show. And my husband and I are coming to our first Disney in New Jersey in April. Awesome. So we really look forward to meeting you all. Take care. Bye-bye. Great. Well, thank you very much for that, Jennifer. Um, okay. The, uh, the, the reason we cut the videos out uh, of the audio feed is simply because a lot of times there isn't yeah. any you know talking going on it'll be music or background noise so that that's the reason that we do that we don't want uh you know we we we're very conscious of the fact that a lot of people were concerned when we went to video that it was gonna 
changed the audio feed and that you know everything was going to be visual gags and they were they were going to miss out and we wanted to make sure that didn't happen that's why we take the extra time to kind of edit those and and make sure that anything that's uh not going to play well in audio doesn't go into that 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 show um as far as the tagline goes you had some good ones about uh leave your shoes at home but don't forget to bring your knife um you know, they might think I'm psychotic if I, <laughs> I start I start sharing that. But uh, we appreciate you uh, calling in and, and giving your suggestions. Yeah. Um, why don't we uh, go over to John, who has one from Chris in Warren, Connecticut. All right. Chris wrote to us and said, uh, I have a question for the email show. Having been on the dream, would we be disappointed taking a cruise on the wonder or magic? We are interested in going on a, the Key West and double dip at Castaway Key Cruise. Thanks. I don't think so. I love The Wonder and the Magic. I think they're both fantastic ships. I think that if you are worried about the cool extra stuff you do on the Fantasy and the Dream, perhaps you should wait until the Magic comes back from its rehab. We're hearing some rumors about some pretty cool stuff. Um, something I speculated about, I think it was last week, that the, the Magic may actually even get the Aqueduct and it right. was well as a kids' play area, splash area. So um, if you're wondering that you're going to be bored or something, you won't be. They're both great ships. All four <laughs> of them are great ships. But if you want that extra stuff that the Fantasy and the Dream have, wait until the Magic comes back from rehab. What I'm hearing about that, I heard the rumors, too, about the Aqueduct coming onto the, the Wonder and the Magic. Um, I'm hearing that, that was something they wanted to do, but structurally they could not make it work. Um, that they are doing other water feature, some other water feature type thing, but that it's not going to be an aqueduct. Now, whether that's true or not, we're not going. We'll we'll find out this week. We're uh, going to be covering uh, the uh, the press event right. uh, Thursday and Friday of this week, where they release that stuff. But uh, as far as being disappointed on the wonder and the magic, and, they're amazing ships, I, even by themselves. I mean, granted, the you know the. Fantasy and the Dream are newer and flashier and bigger and have some elements to it that the Wonder and the Magic don't have, but I still think the Wonder and the Magic, there's a classic elegance to those ships that is unbe- unbeatable. And, uh, you know, we're going to be on the Wonder in, uh, in, in June going up to uh, Alaska. Going up to Alaska. And I can't wait. It'll be honestly. my first time on those ships. And in regards to how I'm approaching. You know, having never been on uh, the two uh, of the original ships, I'm kind of looking at it the same way I approached the first time I went to Disneyland. You know, it's the it's the Good original. Point. It's a little bit smaller. It's not as flashier, but I'm I'm really looking forward to what you know everybody's been talking about for over ten years now. I mean, that's the thing is these ships have been uh, creating great cruises and vacations for over 10 years so it's not like I, I just can't imagine being disappointed even after being on the dream or the I, fantasy I think the older ships have something now I've sailed both sizes of the ship I like the intimacy of the magic and the wonder that the dream and the fantasy don't have there's something to be said I'm, I'm glad that they're all a little bit different because if they were all the same, why would you want to sail right. the other ones? If you go on our boards, there are people who adamantly won't sh- won't sail on the newer ships. Mm-hmm. They love the older ships. They love that, like you said, the intimacy of it. Also, there's a style difference mm-hmm. between the Massive ships. Massive style difference. Right. So, I mean, it's really about uh, personal preference. But again, I mean, if, you're a, if you enjoy cruising Disney, 
you know, you have a lot of the same stuff on both ships, similar stuff. You have shows, things like that. So I will say that, um, in my opinion, the food on the Dream and the Fantasy is light years better than what it is on the Wonder and the Magic. Uh, but beyond that, they they you know both style of ships have their charm and uh, I'm just as excited to go spend seven days on the wonder as I would be to spend it on the fantasy so that's my opinion so thank you for that John thank you for writing in Chris uh, we'll go to Kevin he has an email from Stephen in Williamsport Tennessee uh, Stephen wanted to know he says I'm going on the ABD trip to London and Paris, and I listened to the podcast about the trip, and I'd like to know the name and address, if possible, of the bakery that was visited by you and John. I'm going in June. Stephen, the name of the bakery is Pauline. I had emailed this to him. It's on uh, it's number nine, Rue Cherche Midi, and it's pretty centrally located. It's a little hard to find, and we found this bakery because of Samantha Brown. It's the bakery underneath is 300 years old. The store itself isn't 300 years old, but the oven is over 300 years old. And, and what's special about this bakery? Um, it, they, the food is wonderful. Uh, they have amazing croissants. Samantha Brown went there and talked about it and how great the bread was and stuff like that. So we decided as long as we were going out and exploring Paris, we should go to this place and find you out. You found some great places in Paris. And what's really great is... It's on a little shopping street, and the first time we did it, everybody seemed to find something they liked. The last time we did it with our group, uh, a year ago, October, we went to, um, there's a leather goods store across from it called Il Bassant, and the store was closed, and the lady saw us sort of peering in the window, and she said, do you want to come in and shop and open the store for us? And within 20 minutes, I think she had done about 5,000 euros worth of business. And she looked at me and she goes, you can come in anytime you want. <laughs> so it's, it's all right there lumped together. And it's just it's something we truly enjoyed. Uh, not Again, this I just year. want to go back real quick. What's really special about this bakery is, like Kevin said, they've been cooking bread there for 300 years. So the ovens are 300 years old, and they have a special recipe. They even will ship their bread all over the world. Oh, really? I decided, not this past birthday, but last year, I was going to surprise John with bread from Pauline. And I went to their website, and you can find it online, P-O-I-L-A-N-E, and the bread was 21 euros. You figure, okay, that's a $40 loaf of bread, a $38 loaf of bread. So what? Well, it was like 300 euros to have it shipped to Florida. (laughs) All of a sudden, it became a $600 loaf of bread. And we're like, all right, we'll stop. So, But it's wonderful. There's a couple of locations. The one we went to was on Cher Schmitty. And there's a lot of great stuff right there. We had set up. I didn't. I never wanted to see Versailles. It didn't excite me. And I would have gone to Versailles had it not been for the fact that there wasn't enough free time in Paris. And I made a decision. I wanted. I decided, should I go to Versailles or do I want to go do the things I want to do? And I've told people before, it was probably one of the best days of my entire life. It was just amazing. And this was one of the stops. Awesome. Uh, if you have a chance before you go on this trip, go back and listen to our audio podcasts of that because there's some other tips and tricks in there too that some places we found along the way I think you'll I also I I told someone else to do this Um, I'm a huge fan of Samantha Brown I find Samantha Brown believable I find she 
tells you when she likes it and she doesn't like it. And I kind of hope that's what people think we do, that we're honest about our opinion. And I would recommend that if you're going any place in Europe, um, there was iTunes has the full versions of Samantha Brown's European Vacations. I got amazing bits of information from those. I would strongly recommend that people go back and watch those. Um, Rick Steves also does great ones about Europe. I find I, I, this is not a slur. Rick Steve has a voice that it's visual volume. I put it on, and I don't think I've ever watched a whole half-hour show without going sound asleep. <laughs> he's got a very calm, soothing voice, and he's very methodical. But he gives a lot of great information. I prefer the Samantha Brown format, but I would definitely recommend that those things. That's where I got a lot of my information. Great. Thank you, Kevin. Let's uh, move over to Craig. He has an email from Carrie. Okay, so Carrie emailed us with a link to a website called KennyThePirate.com. It's basically a website that is a character locator for all the characters in the Magic Kingdom, all the parks. So if you want to know where they are at what times, you can just go to this website and find out. Um, But then they also have all these tips on there to make um, your character interactions a little more uh, fun, I guess. So she asked if she wanted to make her daughter's second trip to Disney World extra fun, but she didn't want to look like an idiot saying all the things from the list. Um, So some of them were basic, like if you're meeting Woody, then you could ask to like to see Andy on the bottom of his shoe and he's supposed to like pull it up or you could ask Donald if you can like touch his bill you can ask Pluto if he'll <laughs> kiss kiss you um do you do that a lot do you, you I know. I've never tried any of them is that what you like you freak are you a plushy we're not going to talk about that right oh, now no. but <laughs> uh yeah so like I personally haven't tried a lot of stuff on the list i haven't tried any of it really uh it all just comes down whenever you're having interactions with characters it it's about how they feel about it um how they're going to get into it like in disneyland we had awesome experiences with a lot of the characters they just they went out of their way to be true entertainers to us in disney world i don't get that a lot of the time right um so you can try all the little tips and tricks that you've heard uh i know the one that's been going around on facebook and social media lately is the scream uh, Andy's coming whenever you're around Woody and Buzz and any of the Toy Story characters and they're supposed to just fall down. Um, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, don't so do don't try no, that. That's not true. Yeah. yeah. It does not work. But Oh, really? Oh, I'm sure yeah. it worked at one point, yes. but this isn't something that they can do over and over again. Right. That's... It's one special thing that might have happened and someone took a picture of it. But, I mean, having them fall down every single time someone yells, Andy's coming, is just too much. They would spend all of their time on the ground. Yeah, also, I said, I wanted to go do it. They have limited vision. Yeah. And falling on the ground is unsafe for anyone around them. If there's a small child behind them, they could be hurt. Yeah. I have a question to ask. Is KennyThePirate.com any relation to our Kenny the Pirate? He is. Mm-hmm. Kenny the Pirate is the gentleman that we, when we did the Toy Story Mania Parade or party. party. He's the one who got high score and won a free cruise. That's correct. That's right. So Kenny is a poster on our boards. I didn't know he had his own website, but congratulations to Kenny. All right. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Craig. Let's go over to Kathy. She has one from Jamie in Harrisburg. Oh, oh, okay. Wasn't my number one then. Okay. From Jamie. Oh, there we go. 
Okay, my husband and I need your recommendations. We are coming on Diz Cruise 1.0 in August, and we have an extra day before we fly home afterward. We are trying to decide whether to get a one-day ticket and go to one park, probably Epcot, our favorite, or maybe doing the Backstage Magic Tour. We've done the Keys to the Kingdom and the Undiscovered Future World Tours and love them, but we weren't sure how much more we'd see on the Backstage Magic Tour, and the price is quite a bit higher for that, too. We'd love some opinions from anyone that has done that tour, and if you felt it was worth the money, or if we should just enjoy the park for the day instead. If it makes a difference, we will be going to the parks in June for a week, so it is not our only chance to do the attractions. We love listening to and now watching you all every week. I have done the backstage magic tour at Disney World two or three times now, and so yeah, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I would say do it. It's, uh, you know, again, access to stuff you probably have never seen before. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Um, That price also includes lunch. And I think they're still doing it at Whispering Canyon Mm -hmm. uh, at the Wilderness Lodge. So that includes your lunch. It's an eight-hour tour. Bring comfortable walking shoes because you're doing a lot of walking. You're on and off the bus. But you get to see some really, really great things. Um so I think personally, I think it's worth every penny. Oh, I do too. And I know Jamie comes often enough that to take a day to do a backstage magic tour, I think they would just really enjoy it. I, for me, I think it enhances it when you go back to the park the next time, when you see all the backstage stuff. I don't think it takes away from the magic. Do you? No, not at all. Not, it, for me, it enhances it. I say yes, for yes. Disney fans of... Of what we like, I think it definitely enhances it, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, the the only thing I can say is I don't know how much time they have. Are they spending this thing overnight? Because, like, uh, Pizza, this is an eight-hour tour. If you have to go and catch a flight that night or something, you might be yeah, then that would, yeah. tight and exhausted. But I don't know if they're going to stay overnight that night. Yeah, she doesn't really say. I do it. My vote is yes. So mm-hmm. you have to do it now. You asked us. <laughs> We've told you. You have to do it. All right, thank you for that, uh, Kathy. Let's go over to Sean. He has one from Margaret in Glasgow, Scotland. All right, I chose mine because it's about my second favorite holiday, Arbor Day. <laughs> no, it's about Thanksgiving. Uh, so Margaret's from Scotland, um, so here's her question. We are frequent visitors from the U.K., but have never been to the parks during the holiday season. We are going to be there this year at Thanksgiving and have no idea what to expect. Um, crowd calendars predict that all parks will be very, very busy, so we'd like your advice on how to make the best of the day, and we have three questions. Um, her first question is, will Magic Kingdom and Epcot be making any changes to Wishes and Illuminations for Thanksgiving? The answer to this is no. no. You're going to be mm-hmm. there already when Christmas is in full swing, so all the decorations will be up. They stop shooting the turkeys into the air? Yeah, that stopped in 85. <laughs> yeah, so it's just going to be... Um, Basic wishes and illuminations. I don't think they actually show their Christmas ones until the party um, for Magic Kingdom. So they only show those during the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party. Um, illuminations doesn't switch to their Christmas one until I think the first week, like the it's week like before the Christmas. End, it's like no. after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's. Do they show that every night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then I'm. And yeah, so they start showing it the day after. You could potentially see the Christmas illuminations then, which is for Margaret. The same illuminations with at the a end, five minute add-on at the end that it's usually centered yes. around peace on earth this the song oh, so they blow up epcot it they feels literally like blow up theming. epcot i mean you've never seen so Just many like the fireworks go off in your life 
as you do with that Christmas. It's beautiful. The Christmas yeah. add-on is incredible. And the time changes. It's not at 9. It's 10 or 9.30. 9.30. Yeah. It also is going to be very, very, very crowded. Well, hold mm-hmm. on. We, we, there's more questions. That was only question number Sorry, one. Sorry, I apologize. No, <laughs> she, she wants me to answer, the, answer the, these three questions. So the next one is, what restaurant do you recommend for an authentic Thanksgiving dinner, given that you... We just recently reviewed uh, Liberty Square, uh, Liberty Tree Tavern, um, and it wasn't good. So she wants to have an uh, authentic Thanksgiving experience, but no. If you want to have an authentic anything, don't. Yeah, if you want to have authentic food? Don't, don't go, go to Liberty, Liberty Tree Squ- Tavern. Uh, Liberty, Liberty Tree Tavern. Um, I don't know if she's going to have her car or not. I would try maybe something place off property. Sean's house. Find- Sean will cook for you. I'm going home. She's more than welcome to come. Does with it me say where they're staying in the email? No. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to answer this for She's you. She's staying at Beach Club. Well, I don't find there's any authentic well, Thanksgiving. I mean, in my opinion, thanks, authentic Thanksgiving is turkey and stuffing and mashed yeah, potatoes sure. and cranberries. We've tried, and I haven't ever found it. We tried Citrico's, and it had sawmill gravy on it, which is white gravy with sausage bits in okay. it. So... I did, I've never well, found one. I think there are options, though. I mean, if she's staying at Beach Club so she can try um, Yachtsman, they might have something similar in that kind of, you know, mashed potatoes, sides like that. Um, Bull and Bear, if that's an option, I would definitely try that. They have a Thanksgiving menu. I was going to say, um, even, like, if they were staying in a villa, uh, Publix sells Thanksgiving dinners that they could order and that's take true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and they're very good. Mm-hmm. That's very probably, good. in my opinion, the closest. I think what's going to happen is when you go to the restaurants, they're afraid to just do a basic Thanksgiving dinner. So they try and fancy it up. And if you're looking for that sort of old-fashioned Thanksgiving, I haven't had any luck finding it. And we tried Bull and Bear, and we've tried Citrico's, and as I said, we've done a couple of them. The problem lies therein and that you're trying to have a traditional thanksgiving but you're doing it away from the traditional place that you do it you're not doing it at home she so. she's from well she's from scotland so she doesn't have that so she wants to go somewhere that doesn't have could, it. Okay. Yeah. Send, send her to denny's and tell her that's like authentic <laughs> and she won't know it's good ihop pancakes i think if you really want an authentic uh true thanksgiving experience pick a fight with the indian couple staying in the next room <laughs> and just have like a fight native american uh, go to the sorry. casino over near tampa hey really the Seminole Hard Rock Casino. Also, the holiday sandwich. The holiday That's sandwich. Not a bad idea. Actually, yeah. yeah Actually, I think Kathy's idea. If you're looking for a traditional, I think she, yeah. that's the best idea. But you have to be in a, a one or two bedroom. You have to be in a unit yeah. that has a an oven because uh, the the turkey has to be reheated. And uh, that, public sells full. These are all fully cooked meals. They just have to be reheated in an oven. So we spent Thanksgiving in Las Vegas one year and tried to do this. We thought we went to this very old hotel that was built in the 1920s or 30s, and it just. What we found was it was very, very disappointing when we were looking for that sort of holiday dinner. And what we've decided from now on is if we're traveling on the holiday, we're just going to eat where we think the food sounds the best and not worry about that because it's hard to come up with And that. I realize she's from Scotland, but there's another problem, too. Everyone has a different idea of what a traditional right. holiday meal is. So while we all have the basic idea of this is a you know turkey and gravy and cranberry sauce, you're never going to replicate replicate what you get at home. But I, I don't think she's going to find any place here that's going to serve her haggis and raw salmon. Sean's house. <laughs> Sean's house. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that, that, now we have chapter three of this question. Um, we are staying on property. Man. Wow. 
Then why'd oh. you pick it? Oh, no, because I love it. It's about okay. Thanksgiving. We have um, chapter three of this email. <laughs> we are staying on property at the Beach Club, so we are considering that we may want to be in Epcot or Hollywood Studios for the evening, at least to avoid the scrum to get back on the buses after the parks close. However, we've huh? heard that the parks may close to new admissions early in the day due to crowd numbers, so we think that we will probably have to spend the whole day in one park. What, what would you advise... Um, if we have a dining reservation, we'll be allowed into the park, even if it has closed to new admissions. Should we visit one park in the morning, take a break mid-afternoon, and then go to Epcot in the evening, or stick with just one park all day? For Thanksgiving, this, I don't think yeah, you're going to no, have to worry about park like, closing. No. Well, there's different phases, and we actually talked about that, I think, last week or the week before, but I actually found the information. Um, so we can go through these. Um, phase one is basically, so guests with Magic Your Way base tickets or one-day park tickets, um, guests without any tickets... Cast members using main gates and silver passes won't be allowed in the park. Um, phase two, admissions limited to um, resort guests that are staying on property, um, pass holders, guests with park hoppers, guests that who are re-entering after they had been in, in the morning, um, guests with dining reservations, Magic Kingdom guests with reservations to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique or the Pirates League. Um, and then any guests that are using Walt Disney World transportation. And then phase three is limited to Resort guests, they're staying on property, pass holders, guests with dining reservations, or um, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique or Pirates League. And then phase four, that's close to everyone. No one's allowed in the park. Um, it's, it's really one in rare. One, uh, phase four is one in, one out. Uh, literally. Sure, but you get turned away. Like if you're driving to the turns, driving through the parking booth, right. you, they literally turn you around and you have to go to another park. That's very rare. It happens usually only at Magic Kingdom. Let me put it to you this way it didn't happen at Epcot for New Year's Eve this right. uh, last yeah. year. Right. Um, so I, on Thanksgiving, I really don't think you have to worry about it. No, and the only place that might even occur, I think, is the Magic, Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. I was yeah. just going to say, with New Fantasyland and the crowds we've seen this year. Sometimes they take parking. When Magic Kingdom parking lot fills up, they'll send people over to Epcot and park there. So you might have a hard time getting a parking spot at Epcot. But I would go to Epcot. I wouldn't worry. That's usually the last one. Yeah, and Epcot really holds a lot of people, mm -hmm. so it absorbs a huge amount of people. I think that's the best option. But yeah, you don't have to worry. If you have a dining reservation, you'll be able to get in wherever that that is. So yeah, but if you don't find any place, you can come to my house for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, just a note for you guys in the back: we're going to skip the next two voicemails. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going to swing it over to Dustin, who has one from Aaron in Huntsville. I do. Alabama. Uh, he has a, a question about character meals. So this is from uh, Aaron Ryan, Huntsville, Alabama. I have recently discovered your website and uh, podcast, and I thoroughly enjoy both I thoroughly enjoy both and find the information from you all invaluable. Uh, we are taking our daughter to Disney World for the first time this September. She will be nearly five years old when we arrive in Disney World. We'll be spending three days in the parks, two days at Magic Kingdom, and one day at Animal Kingdom. She's excited about being able to meet the Disney characters uh, at the character meals. We do not anticipate she will have any fears in meeting the and in interacting uh, with the characters. Uh, my question is, can you all rate the character meals in the following areas? Number one, quality of character interaction for children. Number two, quality of food. And three, atmosphere for adults. We will not be attending 
uh, Epcot or Hollywood Studios during this trip, and we are open to character meals at any of the resorts and parks aside from Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Thanks for any response, and I'd love to be able to wear a Diz Unplugged t-shirt to the parks. Aaron. I feel like I'm taking the MCATs. <laughs> um, two words for you, Aaron. Tusker House. That's uh, exactly what my uh, suggestion was going to be. Tusker House. That- Food is excellent. Character interaction was excellent. Atmosphere was excellent. We really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed opinion. Tusker House. Um, I've lost it. The Crystal Palace. Yes. But he's, yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, Crystal Palace is also very, very good. Yeah. I think that I don't disagree with Tusker House, but it's another option. I think that's based on the Winnie the Pooh characters. You know, at Tusker House, you're going to find Safari Mickey, Safari Donald, Safari Goofy. Minnie. What, yeah, what's really great about Tusker House, too, is you get to see Daisy. Right. And Daisy's really hard to see. Is it Daisy's hard to find. So she's the, Winnie, that. the Winnie the Pooh characters will be at... Um, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. You'll find the stepsisters and Lady Tremaine from Cinderella at um, oh, I've 1900 Park Fair. Thank you. 1900 Park right. Fair. So if you're interested in that, you'll also See, my, find those little filler mice. My problem, <laughs> filler mice. <laughs> my problem with 1900 Park Fair is that every time I've gone there, the food has been atrocious. And it's kind of like screaming bus station. It is. It's very loud. The food isn't very good. It's laid out and terribly. I think it's very expensive I agree. for what you get. However, if you're looking for those characters... If you want the carrot, right. See, this is like, we, we talked about this in the Disneyland show last week. The character interaction we had at the plaza, I'll tell you, the food at the plaza wasn't fantastic right? in Disneyland. But character interaction like I have never seen before. I'm talking about there was a constant steady stream of characters and not just coming by, signing an autograph, taking a picture, interacting. Whether they were voice, uh, you know, face characters, or or just in their in their outfits, uh, if Disney World did more of that, the food wouldn't be as big an issue. Well, I was going to say, Chef Mickey's, as an adult, drives me absolutely crazy. It's very loud. But if you're going to base it on the food, do you ever? watch the kids at any of these meals the kids aren't really caring what they eat no. so it's not so important if the kids enjoy it it's what if the adults like it but well, it's great character this interaction minute lag between a character coming to your table kids get anxious and they get right. worried and they want you know then they have to be entertained in a different way the best character interaction i've ever seen is at goofy's kitchen in the disneyland hotel not anymore really not anymore yeah they are having a constant problem uh, with people complaining about it either never seeing characters or it taking forever. And we had the exact same experience. Yep. They've mm-hmm. been talking about this on the Disneyland show. Now, the only time I've ever been there is during an ABD trip. That yep. might have something to do with it. <laughs> I will tell you, though, <clears throat> how many times, for those who have listened to the show for years, how many times did I say, I don't care how good the character interaction is. You know, you're paying for it. You deserve to get good food. And there's some truth to that. But... I'd never had really good character interaction at a Walt Disney World, really good character interaction at a Walt Disney World character meal. When I went to Disneyland this past month and we had had that breakfast at the plaza, I got it. If that was the kind of, the entertainment was so good. 
that you're like, okay, you know what? This was worth what I paid to get in here. What did they do different? It, they just engaged. I mean, they came and sat down with us. They sat down with us. They're, you know, messing up your hair or they're, you know, joking around with you. And it's, it's, it's not, it, it was completely like, okay, we put up a picture of Rafiki sitting in a wheelchair. And I actually had tweeted that picture out. And there was a guest in the, you know, having breakfast who was in a wheelchair and had transferred to the, a seat to have breakfast. And, you know, as Rafiki's like interacting with her, he sits down in a wheelchair. Oh, okay. Um, that's what I'm talking about. It, it was just, it was, you know, they were personable. They were, they were, they were energetic. You could tell they were really into it. That was the standard, I think, for a character meal. If Disney wants to get away with the crappy food, then they have to up their game like that. And I think I think I would I would care a lot less because I walked out of there saying, okay, the food was no good. It was worth every dime mm. I paid for the breakfast, right. and I think the breakfast wasn't bad. It was twenty four ninety nine or something like that, so it wasn't even that expensive. But I felt twenty five dollars, and mm. I and, and I'm talking about the hour that we were there. We saw characters twice. Oh wow! Yep. yep. And then it's worth it if it, you ha- have a limited time to see characters. Then you wouldn't mind paying for the, that. We got fantastic pictures. We got. I mean, it was the, just the it was thing terrific. is the thing is even though they were like it, there was no common thread and theme of who those characters were, there was an abundance of characters. I mean, there had to have been at least twenty characters in that restaurant at all times. So they were able to go to different sections and just uh, interact with the different families and, at different tables. And they interacted with everyone. Like, there was no one left out at the right. table. Right, exactly. It's not like they focus on one table uh, yeah. or, or one person or one group or one area. Uh, it, it was it was really cool. So Who I, were the characters? I'm curious now that they were, like, random characters. It really was. Oh, yes. You had Rafiki. You had Max. You had Max Goof. You, you had, had the chipmunks. fairy godmother, the chipmunks. Oh, you had second-tier characters. But then there were some... They have to try no. harder. I thought they were good characters. Yeah. But, I mean, Minnie Mouse was there, you know? Yeah, Minnie was there. Minnie, Captain Hook. See, it's all over the place. Yeah, that some is really weird. Did they at least come out in groups? Did, like... They oh, no, they were all on the Villains room. came out? Or? No. <laughs> Who were the other villains in that group? I think it was just the Captain Hook. Rafiki. <laughs> well, if you're if you're watching Lion King from like a film school perspective, like now imagine Rafiki's the bad guy here. I think and Rafiki's the bad script. guy. He's the evil overlord. That is weird that you had such random characters. But it was great. Usually, there's a theme of well, they were all like that. So even at um, Goofy's kitchen, it was Baloo, Mulan, um, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, Cinderella was there. I don't know. It made no sense the grouping, but and. That was more what characters did show up at our table at that breakfast were just there to sign an autograph and it just it was really bad. But so, did you go to Storytellers Cafe? No, not that trip. No, that character interaction. The character there is from Brother Boar. Brother Bear, (laughs) not Brother Boar. Brother Boar. Sorry. All right. Well, thank you for that, uh, Dustin. Thank you, Aaron, for writing in. Let's go over to John with an email from Kiki in Illinois. All right. Kiki asks, if you rent vacation points, are you still able to use Magical Express? She also goes on to say, thanks so much for everything you all do. I especially love the all-girl show. I recently moved to a small town, and it makes me feel like I have real imaginary girlfriends. Oh, Kiki. Oh, wow. Oh, poor Kiki. Hold Kiki. on. Oh, poor Kiki. 
But seriously, the entire <laughs> podcast has helped me through so many dimensions of my life. Thank you and love you all. Uh, Kiki, if you rent DVC points, you can pretty much do anything that um, you could do if you stay at a Disney resort. You can use Magical Express. You can even add the dining package. Obviously, if you rent the points, you have to go through the person who you rented them from, the, the member, and ask them to do this for you. You can't change anything to your reservation. You can't add anything. But the mem- the DVC member will gladly, I think gladly, or the DVC member should add your flight information for Magical Express, and also you can add the dining plan for a fee after the fact. And also, I just for people who may not be familiar with what we're talking about with renting a DVC points, a DVC is Disney Vacation Club. That's Disney's timeshare arm. Uh, people who own a Disney Vacation Club can rent out their points to other people. And uh, average is about, I think, $10 a point. I got to tell you, I've been watching those boards. The price has gone up. It's twelve, twelve fifty a point now. Okay. Oh, wow. So I think as the, as the new properties come online and prices go up, people are getting more per point. And this is a way, if you, want, if you need like a one or two bedroom unit and you don't want to pay Disney's per night cost for that, which is usually in excess of $500 a night, you can save quite a bit of money. By renting points, we have a forum on disboards.com dedicated solely to renting DVC points. We'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes page. Um, but it is something to look at when you're planning a trip. If you want to stay in a studio, one or two bedroom at one of the DVC resorts, um, this is a way to do it uh, much more cost effectively. And as, like I said, especially if you have a larger group and you need two bedrooms, something like that. This is a way to do it without breaking the bank. So, um, But thank you for the email, Kiki. Thank you, John. Let's go over to Kevin, who has one from Holly Brown. Holly says uh, she's coming from New Zealand for her honeymoon to Orlando, and she's curious about some things for international guests. Things like tipping rules and expectations. They don't tip at all in New Zealand. So I have no idea who I definitely should tip, who I don't need to tip, and how much should I give? Exactly how to give it, etc. Um, let's start with that one. Tipping is one of those things that you will get a hundred answers if you ask a hundred different people. Right. It's customary that fifteen percent at dinner and the fifteen percent is on your pre-tax total. What we usually do is do ten percent and do half of that, and then that's it. It's just a simple thing. What's really mm-hmm. nice is that, I apologize for interrupting you mid-sentence, but what's really nice is most restaurants now, especially at Disney, are adding a little key, little cheat sheet at the bottom of your receipt that says if you want to, if you want to tip 12%, it no, would be it this. it starts at 18%. 18, percent, yeah. 18, 20, and 25. Oh, it must have been somewhere else. So I saw 15, 12, 15, You know, 18. there will be a debate upon this. I'm sure that there's going to be just as many people who disagree with me as people who agree. In my... All my life, it's been the customary thing was 15% for good service. Agreed. I mean, when did this go to 18%? When did that become the standard? And 20%. No, all you have to do is read our boards, and they'll tell you that it should be 18 or 20% now. I just tip 100%. Oh. Sometimes. (laughs) Well, that's because you never pay. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's easier to do it that way. It's easier easier when I'm paying. Um, There are things... If someone is providing you a service... You have to make this decision yourself. Um, If you're taking a taxi from the airport to the hotel, the taxi driver would probably expect a small tip. I usually do 10% 
and a taxi. Sometimes you round up. Right. If it's four dollars and ten cents, you might give the guy a five dollar bill. Right. It's, it's not going to be four dollars and ten cents for right. a taxi ride. I was but trying to come up with. Um, it's it's very hard to come up with a definitive list. If you're taking Magical Express, I would not tip the driver of the bus unless you brought you know your steamer trunks with bodies in them. And then he, you know, he has to lift a Which coming from New Zealand, they probably right. Would. So if you see the driver huffing and puffing your luggage out from under the bottom of the trip, out of the bottom of the bus, a couple of dollars might not be a bad idea. Usually, it's like a dollar, two dollars a piece of luggage. Correct. Right. Um, the big thing is going to be restaurants, bar bars, bartenders will sort of expect a gratuity. Valet parkers, if you're someone, if you valet mm-hmm. your car, they expect a couple of dollars. Right. To- uh, bellmen, if they're handling your luggage, one or two dollars a bag is considered customary. I'm trying. I. What else? Who else would you tip at Disney? Pizza World? delivery. I don't. Know. Your travel agent. <laughs> now, the, it, actually, this is a kind of important. Uh, if you order room service. Um, they don't. Did someone just walk in? No, but it sounded no. like something okay. exploded. Um, yeah, that was a weird noise. Uh, they don't make this really clear. You will see that an 18% service charge is added to the bill when you order room service. That is actually the gratuity for the person delivering it. So and but then they leave the, you know, on the you'll see you'll see that eighteen percent on the bill, but then there's a place there to leave an additional tip, which drives me insane. Right, because it's actually kind of scummy uh, to do that. It's kind of scummy. Uh, if you're going to include the here's my thing: if you automatically include the gratuity, if that decision is left. Not to. Is there something happening? Yeah, there's, there's somebody walking, walking around the yard, <laughs> walking behind you. And the, does somebody want to go outside and see what yeah, he's doing? Go, Craig. Go. Oh, there's a couple of people. There you go. That's what you get when you live, watch the live show, people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's apparently somebody good. walking around. I agree. Do you need a gun? I don't think you need a gun. It's not that bad a neighborhood. Um, but I think it's kind of scummy that they do that. That you know, if, if you're going to automatically add a gratuity to my bill. I don't care if you've given me the best service in the history of service. That is all you're getting. I agree mm-hmm. 100%. Yes, yes. That is all you're getting. If you make me. the decision, that's what you get. That's what you get. Chances are you would have done better. Exactly. With exactly. Because if I'm getting good service, I'm going to leave a really good tip. Not unusual for me to leave a 25% tip. Holly, I don't imagine you're bringing uh, more than six people with you on your honeymoon. However, for other <laughs> international visitors, if there's... At Disney restaurants and most other restaurants in Orlando, if there is six people or more in your party, a gratuity is automatically included by the restaurant. I think a good tip is, you know, check your receipt, see what's being added to it, just read it through. I assume Holly's writing about a Walt Disney World vacation. She does say she's coming to Walt Disney World. Because there are some different things or some additional things you might want to consider if you're coming, going on a Disney Cruise Line vacation. Um... You know, things like tipping the porters who who get your bags. But Pete's point about them adding the gratuity and then putting a line for additional gratuity is especially true for Disney Cruise Line at bars. That's one of the things that most of the people don't understand is that if you go and you order a drink at a bar, the the gratuity is automatically included, but there's that line for additional gratuity. And I think people add a couple bucks to that and 
don't really get that. I think the best advice is check your receipt to see if a gratuity has been added. Uh, The other thing she wants to know is how to... Tips for uh, getting to Universal Studios and SeaWorld when you're staying on Disney property. There is that ticket you can buy. Right. Mm -hmm. And let's make sure we put a link to that on the show notes page. There is a ticket you can buy for Universal that includes transportation from Disney World Resorts to Universal Studios and back. And uh, it's fairly reasonable ticket, price ticket. And it's actually very popular. Uh, we see a lot of them being sold. So we'll include a link to that on the show notes page for you. Disunplugged.com. Just find this week's show. Click on more info and you'll see all the show notes. The other thing she wants to know is other places in Orlando that international visitors should check out. I just Sean joked well, before about Mall of Millennia. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. I Look, see a lot of them at all the malls around yeah, here the shopping. The, prime outlets, the outlets. outlets. Now, I don't, I'm not sure how the dollar in New Zealand is stacking up against the U.S. Uh, in terms of the exchange rate. But you see, you know, folks coming from Europe where, like, especially the Brits, where, you know, the pound is uh, it's about a dollar sixty-five to the U.S. Uh, to, to the British pound. So these guys are, 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 are making a killing South when they America come here at shop. Also, yeah. South America as well. Japan. I also, we joked before about us, the lightning striking if anybody went to the Holy Land. But if that's what interests you, this is a very popular destination, and it's right near Mall of Millennia. Yeah. The, one of the greatest things about living in Orlando is there's so much to see and do. There are theme parks. There's museums. There's great shopping. There's great restaurants. So, you're also an hour, hour and fifteen minutes from either beach. The yeah. Gulf Coast is. You're about an hour and something from the Space Center. Space if Center, that's right. something that's Space ever Center. interested you, uh, the West Coast is the Gulf Coast. You won't find many waves at the Gulf Coast. It'll be much smaller, and it's a little bit further. And then the East Coast, there's Daytona and Melbourne and Cocoa Beach. These are all world famous beaches. In Daytona, if Daytona and New Smyrna, you can actually drive your vehicle on the beach. I think it's I think it's worth noting. You know, we're talking about local Orlando stuff. If uh, if you like music and you and you would have a way to get downtown, if you want to see a show while you're in town, check out the Beecham downtown. That's that's one of the best uh, venues that we have here. Uh, so that's that's the Beecham downtown in Orlando. Worth checking out. There's also uh, if you're interested in theater, we have Broadway across America. We have the Bob Carr. And it's my understanding that next season is the last season for the Bob Carr. They're going to be opening up a new performing arts center. But if you go to Broadway across America and check out touring companies for Orlando, I know um, Priscilla Queen of the Desert ended last night or the night before. So there are shows that run pretty much year round. So there's definitely, you know, artistic things to do if that's what interests you. Okay. Thanks very much for that. Uh, Kathy has one from Caroline. In Atlanta. Okay. Aha, found it. <laughs> okay, I, this is from Caroline. I would like to weigh in on an inner debate I've been having lately about the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. I have been Disney crazed since my first visit almost 20 years ago and have visited the world more than 25 times since then. I love the hotels and the whole experience of staying on property, and it is a goal of mine to eventually experience staying at all of the resorts. I am about halfway towards completing that goal now, chipping away each year at a new resort. I adore staying at the deluxe resorts and prefer it over the moderates and values, but I just can't seem to justify the cost of staying at the Grand Floridian. 
Do you think that it is worth the additional cost versus the lower price point deluxe resorts to stay at the Grand Floridian? What makes this hotel so special and a cut above the rest to make it so darn expensive? I would love to hear the whole team's response on an upcoming podcast. Is the Grand Floridian crazy more expensive than, say, the Contemporary or Polynesian? It's definitely top tier. You're going to pay more money. Um, And, you know, again, pricing at Disney resorts is yielded. So it depends on how busy the resort is and what time of year it is. Um, you know, they will. The price of your room could change two or three times in the course of a six-night trip, because you know one night might be busier than another, and they can get more for it. But generally speaking, yes, the, the grand is more expensive. Is it worth it? You know, that's one of those personal decisions. If the grand is someplace that you have always wanted to stay, and it's going to be that kind of experience for you, then sure, it's worth it. Um, for me. I think the Grand is beautiful. I think the service was outstanding. I think the rooms are very comfortable. I think it's a lovely hotel. But no, it's not my first choice. I think with other resorts, like I would, I can equate it to Disneyland. I think it's worth staying at the Grand Californian just because of how close it is to everything. Right. With the Grand Californian, other than the fact that you're one monorail stop away from the Magic Kingdom, you're not really within walking distance to anything. So you're going to have to use at least some form of transportation. And if you want to go to any of the other parks, you have to take a bus, just like everybody else. So I I think that's part of it. I think it's not. I don't. I don't know that it's worth it at Walt Disney World to me. Right. I. I, I, I would say you know. Think about where what theme appeals to you the most at the different resorts. Um, you know, we're going to be covering a couple of uh, deluxe resorts next month as part of our seven and seven, our second round of second uh, seven and seven uh, resorts. Um, you know, for me, I would absolutely take the contemporary of the poly over the grand. Not that there's anything wrong with the grand. I want to be real clear on this. I know the grand has a lot of fans. I'm not trashing the Grand at all. Just for my personal taste, I would prefer the Polynesian or the or the Contemporary. And that's what it comes down to. What what's your personal taste? What's your preference? What do you think? What do you think is going to, you know, you're going to respond to better? You're going to be in this resort for a week or more. And that's that's the only thing that I see separating it apart from say the Polynesian or the contemporary is the aesthetics of it. I, I don't see any other real point. I mean, it's got all the same stuff, like the same distance from the magic kingdom, like Kevin was saying. So I, other than personal taste, I, I don't know. Right. There's also, I mean, if her goal is to stay in every resort and try every resort, you can split your stay, take a night, mm-hmm. take one night and stay in the grand and just to say, I've been there and to experience it and see if it's right for you and not have to spend all that money for a week-long stay. You know, there's a lot of people who do that, who spend even just a couple nights and maybe do like a three-night to get the dining plan or something like that and then park up and then the resort hop to another resort. Or they might find when they get there that they actually did like it after they spent some time. So just because what you see before you go, your mind might change. So I hope that answers your question. Um, Okay. This is a weird show. It is. We're getting some weird things happening. Um, All right. Finally, um, 
I uh, this email came in uh, a few days ago, and uh, we were driving somewhere, and I read this, and I it made me emotional. Um, I was really really moved by this. It comes to us from Kevin Cummings in Boston. Uh, I became a Disney fan when we began taking our children annually to Disney World at the age of three, 15 years ago. It became my favorite place to go with my family where I could leave everything else behind and not deal with the hassles of daily life. About 10 years ago, I discovered the Diz, you and your team. Each week, I look forward to hearing from the friends I've never met who share the same passion that I do for the happiest place on earth. I've been an organizer with the Boston Marathon for over 25 years, stationed at the finish line of the race. This past Monday, I was about 40 yards from the first blast. Had many of my people within 25 feet of the blast, and my family was in the grandstand across from the blast, watching the race. The acts of heroism shown on that day by volunteers and emergency personnel far outweigh the evil acts of two deranged individuals, but the images of what I and others saw in the the immediate aftermath of the explosions will never go away. Over the last few days, as I try to cope with what I've experienced, I found myself spending more time listening to current and past podcasts from my friends at the Diz. While I've never met you, Walter, John, Kevin, Julie, Corey, Kathy, or Teresa, please know that I am grateful that you are all able to take me away from the pain of that day, if only for a short time, and remember a place that always puts a smile on my face. Thank you for all you do, and please don't stop doing it. You are a comfort to many in ways you probably don't even realize. In the days after the explosion, I contacted my people who worked in the area of the blast and heard of their horrifying experiences that day. Many have been with me for 15 to 20 years. What struck me more than anything is that every person I spoke to said the same thing at the end of the conversation. I'll see you next year. Bostonians are tough, and while Boston and the Boston Marathon may never be the same, the city and the race will return better than ever. We must continue to move forward because if we stop, then the evil bad guys win, and we can't let that happen. Thanks to everyone on your team for helping me get through this. Maybe someday I'll have the pleasure of meeting you all and thanking you in person. Um, you know, uh, when we sit here and record this, we don't think of things like this. Um, I mean, we've had stories of people that have gone through some, some trials in their life and listen to the show, and, you know, it helps you out. In, in some way and that means the world to us um, this really moved me that uh, th- I, I first I hope that your friends and your family are all safe um, to have your family across from the blast um, especially that particular blast I, 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 I can't imagine I can't imagine what it was like to be there I can't imagine what it's like in the aftermath for the people who were there the people who were injured their families their friends um, but I love when you say that the marathon goes on. If it doesn't, then they win. And they didn't win. One of them's dead. One of them's in custody. Um, and I think the Boston PD, the FBI, uh, did an amazing job of tracking that down and bringing those guys to justice. And uh, I think it says, I think how Boston reacted to that speaks volumes about Boston and speaks volumes about Americans. I heard a quote, and they said, usually in, a, in something like that, people run away. It seemed that in this, people ran towards mm-hmm. those Heroes. that were hurt. Heroes. Heroes, every one of them. Uh, saw that in 9-11, too. Um, you know, he gets embarrassed every time I say it, but Jason Clauber, JPD, a uh, good friend of mine, been on the boards for many years, 
was a New York City police police officer, and he was one of those people in 9-11 running into the buildings while everybody else was running out. And uh, fortunately, he he's still with us. But, There's uh, a lady who posted on the boards recently, in the last day or two, that she had to go in for a rather scary MRI. And she was told she could listen to serious radio or CDs. So she put our shows on CDs and listened to us while she was in her MRI, and that's what helped her get through it. I don't know about you, but when this when these type of tragedies happen, I think it's really easy for us to get sucked into the media. We sit and we watch, and it becomes all-consuming. And you almost get fall into a depression. And we look for ways to get out of that. Okay, turn the TV off, go somewhere and go for a walk, or do something else. I'm This was specifically honored. true after 9-11. Yeah. It was like you finally had to say to yourself, I have to stop watching this. But I'm so honored that people choose us to go back and listen to old shows. And it was nice last week knowing that when this all happened, that we had Facebook and we had Twitter, that we could like almost immediately find out that our friends that lived up there, we could find out that they were okay. Because otherwise, I would have been sitting there going, hey, I've got friends in Boston. So I said, you know, we... We hear these stories that it means so much when they listen to us. I can't tell you how much it means to know that there's people out there that are listening to us. Right. You know, I I don't come into the studio going, oh, wow, there's all these people listening. But it's so nice to know that what we do, people listen, and it it makes a difference all the way around. I have their friendship. They have my friendship. I think that's part of the reason I come in here with the idea that I can try and make people laugh. It's. About being I mean, I, it's not that I'm not serious about what I do. I try and come prepared every single week, and you do. But I try and be very lighthearted about right. it because there's enough. Yeah. You don't. Ha- you don't need us to be serious about it. It's just. It's kind of. And I've said it before. It's like the whole world has gotten smaller for me because now I have friends around the world that when something happens overseas, something happened in Boston, I want to know that my friends are okay. You talk about the police doing great work. One of the things they did was they finally, not finally, but they, they went out and they said, listen, let's put these guys' pictures out there. Let's go to the people and see who is who has stuff. People had video of them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's pretty cool that that's what social media has well, look, a positive part of that. We, we come in here every week, do a show about Disney World, and help people plan the best vacation they can. That's the reason that we're here. Um, stuff like this that happens happens because I have the pleasure of being surrounded by really good people, really authentic people, people who don't get on the air and make believe there's something they're not. These are, This is exactly who these people are. And I love that you all get to fall in love with them the way I do and that it helps you feel like you know us, because you really do. Um, We may never have met, but you hear about our lives, you hear about us, you get to know us through this, because this is who we are. And uh, when this can translate into something like this, and maybe make somebody, you know, we can never compare anything that we do here to the kind of heroism you saw on that day in Boston. But if there's anything that we do here that makes it even just the slightest bit easier for somebody, that is, that's a really, really good day's work for me. So I really appreciate this email, Kevin. Uh, all of you in Boston still in our thoughts and our prayers and will continue to be. Uh, those who are recovering, we think about you and we hope that everybody, everybody stays safe and okay. But uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. 
coming up next for those watching live part two of the Diz Team Goes West California Adventure is the topic this week and uh, we will be with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged thanks for being with us everyone and remember please stay safe please keep Boston in your prayers